hallelujah, blessings and honor and glory. Truly, I do give God thanks for being here today. It's a blessing. Hallelujah, because he's worthy of all the praise. Before I dive into the message today, may I just say happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. I do give an honor to you today. Um, when it comes to our mothers, I think, especially in the church, that they represent the transition from what was to what will be. Yes, sir. They hold on to that which we have been given, and they hand it to the next generation. And for that, is a, I think that is an overlooked part of what a mother is. Yes, sir. To, to reach back with whatever they have, and they hand it genetically, biologically to their children, but they also have culture and belief yes. and love yes. and nurture yes. to hand over to the next generation. And for that, I thank our mothers. Mine has passed, but for those who are still here and those who still have them, Today, you should give them the love that they deserve. That they are whole. They deserve it. They deserve it. And if your mother is not here, I'm asking you to reach out to another person who has maybe a same mothering instinct or has given you love in a mothering way and give it to them. We, 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 we've gave it to our mother while she was alive, right? So we have nothing to feel bad about in any way, shape, or form. So we can give it to those who have lent their mothering nature to us in whatever capacity that is. So we honor our mothers today and we bless you. Amen. We give Amen. thanks to you. Amen. 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 Blessings to the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm so blessed and privileged to be with you all today. I am so happy again to be in the house of the Lord one more time. I'm so thankful for this moment. I'm so thankful for what we've been given. The Lord is truly in this place. Um, that the, that there's a beautiful song that says, the Lord is with us in this place. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, then you can surely be made whole. He goes on to say, the Lord is with us in this place and he wants you to know. Thank you, Jesus. He wants you to know he's in this place. And what I love about the scripture we were reading last, night, last week in Haggai, um, the Lord was trying to remind them uh, he, he was speaking to those people that were left, those people who made it over and made it through. And, and he said to those people, I want you to speak to those people. I know you have a desire for the rest of them. I know you have a love for the rest of them who stayed in Babylon, but speak to the resident. Speak to those who are left. Uh, sometimes I don't know if you've gone through something and it feels like half of you didn't even make it through the battle. Like there was things you had to let go of yourself in order to get out of the storm. Like, I, I don't know if you've ever been in a big emergency. You get to count those things that are really important to you. Yes. If, there, if somebody close fire in your house right now, you're sitting there sleeping in your house, and your spouse or your somebody else in the apartment says, fire, fire. Yes, 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 yes. The thing you get out of there more than anything else is yourself. Yes. But you make a calculation in your mind, Maybe my TV, my $300 TV, isn't the thing I should be concerned about right now. So you leave that behind. You say, well, is my phone important? No, actually, weighing it up, my phone is not important. <laughs> you say to yourself, well, what do I have on right now? I'm in my, I have my pajamas, good enough. <laughs> should I go get my suit that I paid $500 for out of the, out of the closet to make sure it survives? No. 
What gets out of the fire, what gets out of the problem is the things that are absolutely essential for you. That's the only thing that makes it through the fire. <laughs> you don't worry about the rest. You, you grab your kids, you grab your children, you grab your loved ones and you get out of there. What has made it back to Israel, what has made it back to Jerusalem is the residue, is the thing that was most important. That's it, nothing else made it through. <laughs> and the Lord said to Haggai, don't worry about the ones that didn't make it. Speak to the residue right now. Because the ones who made it are the ones that are necessary to go right now. Thank you, Jesus. Sometimes we mourn for the things that we needed to lose in the storm. And frankly, it was always weighing us down. We were mourning for things that should have been lost and it shouldn't have made it through the storm, but we've made it. And for that, we give thanks. Thank you, Lord Jesus, making it through. I'm so grateful to the Lord right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So one of the things that I noticed was the messages coming out of Haggai was consider your ways. If you look at Haggai chapter one, um, you see that phrase repeated several times. Consider your ways. Let me go ahead and read Haggai chapter 1 again. Let's start at verse, chapter, first, chapter 1, verse 2. And it says, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say, The time is not come that the Lord's house should be built. So the, the word is, the Lord has come to build the house, and the people are saying, It's not time yet. We've got other things we want to do. There's other things we are concerned about, other things that we want to be involved with. And it's really about them taking care of themselves. They've come out of Jerusalem, and what, we've, what they've come out of, excuse me, Babylon, back to Jerusalem. And they have some of the habits of Babylon with them right now. Some of the things that they should have lost when they were going through their problems, they actually pulled out. This is the kind of person who goes back into the burning house and goes and retrieves their TV. This is the person who goes back into the burning house and goes and gets their cell phone. This is, we're speaking right now to the people who made it through but have come through with the wrong attitude. They didn't learn the right lessons from what they went through. They, 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 they finally escaped and instead of being focused on the fact that they've made it and we should give thanks for in this moment, they're still concerned about what's, what's going on back there. And they've taken that attitude with them. So they said, why are, we, why are we focused on building the house? We should be doing something else. Verse three, then the word of the Lord by Haggai, the prophet saying, is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses and this house, the house of the Lord, lay waste? You're not giving thanks for, for your person to, to bring the analogy forward, you're not giving thanks that your, per, your body's made it. You're worried about your, your clothes that haven't made it. You're worried about the socks. Doesn't make sense. We think about some socks right now. It's bur let it burn. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Worried about that for right now. You should be worried about how you can. Did you make it out okay? Yes. Right? Haggai's saying to them, You're worried about your houses, your personal houses, and the house of the Lord has not been rebuilt. So he invites them in this scripture to repent in a way, right? Let's look at the word repent doesn't show up, but look at how it says it. Now, therefore, thus saith the, the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. I want you to reflect on what you have been through 
and where you are right now and think about it really hard are you where you want to be right now if we can jump back to Haggai chapter 2 I was kind of shocked and I think I have to correct something I said last week but let me let me go into the scripture and tell you show you Haggai chapter 2 it says in the seventh month in the in the one and twentieth day of the month came the word of the Lord by the prophet Haggai saying speak now to Zerubbabel the son of Shelatiel governor of Judah and to Joshua the son of Josedek the high priest and to the residue of the people saying speak to the people who made it say this who is left among you that saw this house in her first glory and how do you see it now is it not in your eyes in comparison of it as nothing <laughs> it's what I was talking about with the storm not actually to deny that the storm's there I'm not asking you to kind of try to convince everybody that you're supposed to be happy right now but I'm trying to make you realize that I want you to be strong right now no matter what's going on like I don't even need you to have a smile on your face right now but I need you to be here right even you being here upset is better than not being here at all <laughs> I need you here he says now be strong he doesn't say now be now be happy and do backflip he says now be strong be strong you're here you're still standing I don't know if you've ever watched Rocky back in 1981 it might be before yours time uh, but Rocky in 1979, I think it was, the film Rocky, isn't the th amazing thing about the film Rocky isn't that he was some awesome fighter. That's not what the film Rocky was about. The film Rocky was about, if you keep beating this guy, he's still gonna keep coming. Like, that's it, he's never quitting. Like, he's ne how you beat somebody who's just not gonna stop coming forward? How do you beat that? That's the question of Rocky, not, not the fact that he was some amazing fighter, technically correct, he was technically awful. That's what Rocky II was about. We're gonna correct how good you are at boxing, Rocky III, excuse me. Rocky I was about how technically awful he was, but that he wouldn't quit. That's what we need the spirit of in this church. <laughs> I don't have a lot, but I'm not quitting. It's just us, but this is the residue. <laughs> I'm going to be strong. I'm going to be strong no matter what comes my way. I'm just going to know I'm safe in his arm. I just know it. I'm okay. I'm going to be fine with him. So the word of the Lord comes to Haggai. The word of the Lord comes to Haggai and he speaks to the people. But what is interesting about this, and this is what I spoke about last week and I want to speak about it again, is that it was in the form of a question. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The word of the Lord came in the form of a question. And what I was saying is, I think it's a bit unusual at the time for the question to come in this way. And actually, I went back and looked and I said, actually, it's not unusual <laughs> for a word of the Lord to come to you in the form of a question. Because sometimes what the problem is, is in you and not necessarily in your situation. And the question is designed to make you reflect on what the problem is with you rather than to give you some new insights. Okay. We think that what the Lord needs to give us is some word that we've never heard before. No, all the word is in you right now. And you need to reflect on it in your moment. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever, ever had a problem. 
I remember a couple of times I think, where, are, where is my keys? This is me standing here. This is me standing here. Where are my keys? I'm getting angry with Tanya. Tanya, where are my keys? The problem, the solution is right in my hand, but I don't reflect it. I'm too frustrated to reflect on the fact that my keys are right in my hand. And I'm getting annoyed with everybody around me. Why aren't you helping me find my keys? Why are you acting like everything's okay? The hands is right in your hand, bro. Why are you acting like this? And that's what we do. And so the Lord has to come to us and say, look in your hand. Look in your, why, no, let me, let me change that a little bit. The Lord's saying, why haven't you taken the time to look in your hand? It's in the form of a question. Because you need to stop your, your kind of spinning yourself into a, into a tizzy because you already have the answer. You're looking for lightning from heaven and the Lord said, it's right in your hand. I don't need to send lightning to you right now. I don't need to break the whole ocean open because the answer's in your hand. You already have the answer, but I need to ask you the question in the right way so that you are reflecting on what the answer is really that it's already with you. And what Haggai's telling the people is the solution to our stagnation problem, the, the solution to the problem that we are got our, our priorities out of order, is right here with us right now. And what does he say? In the question he says, who is left among you that saw this house in her first glory? It's 50 years they were in captivity, so there's only a few people who would be old enough to remember what it looked like. To remember what the temple looked like before they went into Babylon and then be still alive right now to see it, whatever it was right now. So this is before they actually built the building. This is when the foundation is barely built, right? This is, and again, I've used this, uh, this example not because I want to take away from what's going on right now, but so to make you understand. This is like what we imagine Ukraine is looking like right now. They've destroyed everything. And we're coming back for the first time to look at the thing that has been destroyed. And we're looking at it around and he's saying, look at what it is right now. And for those of you who were around 50 years ago, remember what it was. And then the second question comes in, and how do you see it now? And then the third part comes in and says, is it not in your eyes in comparison of it as nothing? When you compare the two, you see nothing right now. I want you to be fully aware of the problem. And then he says, yet now, be strong. Yet now, be strong. Yes, the situation is bad. Yes, the storm is here. Yet now, be strong. Yet now, be strong. But this isn't the first time where we've seen a word come to us in the form of a question that's designed to help us get out of the situation we had. In fact, if you look at the very first dialogue, the very first conversation between God and man, the question, that, the, the word that comes to us to get us out of the spot we're in is in the form of a question. Let's go to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis 3 verse 9. The very first problem we get in, the very first dialogue we get into, the very first word we receive is a question. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Genesis chapter 3. Thank you, Lord God. So we know the situation here. Adam and Eve are in the garden. 
And in this garden, they have said, the only commandment they have is don't mess with that tree. That's it. Everything else is legal and appropriate for you, but don't touch the tree. That's the only rule in the entire earth for these two people. They get to have the entire planet as big as it is to themselves, and the only rule they have is don't mess with that. I would have been on the other side of the planet. I'm not touching that. Like, if that's the only rule, I own this. It's been handed to me as a gift. And the only place on this planet that the Lord has asked me not to mess with is that one tree. I wouldn't be nowhere near it. <laughs> I wouldn't be anywhere close to it. You want me to trust you? I won't even be on the same continent as that tree. <laughs> I'm going to make sure that tree doesn't get messed with. Thank you, Lord. In fact, I'll make sure that nothing I touch touches the tree. Right? <laughs> but we know that that's not the, how the story goes. They got convinced to, through Eve to touch the tree and to consume it. And then Eve hands it to Adam. And then here we are, naked and disjointed and disconnected from God. This disobedience creates this gap. And this feels an awful like, like the story we have just come from in Haggai, where the people of God have got so disconnected from God that they don't even know what to do at this point. And so what Adam does in response to this situation is he goes and hides himself. That's his solution to the problem. That's his solution to the problem. But the Lord isn't satisfied with that as the relationship. And just like in Haggai, he speaks a word yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. to Adam. Look, let me tell you something about our relationship with God. It's no, nothing to do with you seeking him out. And I know you think it is, but I trust me when I say it's all about him seeking relationship with you. I know you're thinking to yourself, I repented, but I'm telling you right now that the Spirit must have spoken to you for you to understand that I even need to repent. Something connected with you. <laughs> Seeking you out. <laughs> trying, to dis trying to make the gap between you smaller and smaller. Adam was trying to get the gap between him and the Lord to be as big as he could. And he went and hid himself because he thought that was a way to disconnect himself from God. Verse 9 says, and the Lord God did what? Called unto Adam. If there's a distance between us, I'm calling into that distance and I am breaking that distance down. Oh, you think you're hiding? Let me call to you wherever you're hiding and I'm going to destroy the distance between us. What is it to speak to Haggai and Haggai speak to the people? Haggai was closer to God because he must have been a prophet who was in prayer with God. And so the Lord said, let me close the distance between me and my people by calling to Haggai and let Haggai call to you and I'm I'm going to make that distance smaller. My desire as a preacher and as a teacher is to make the distance between the people of God and the Lord, that relationship, as small and as close as possible. I want you to be not close to me to make you close to the Lord. That's not the way I want that to work. I'm working on my own relationship. I want you to be close to Him. I want it so that no matter which one of us is missing, the others are just going to be fine. We're just going to continue on with the Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord. And that's for any church, in any situation, wherever you might be. Your relationship with the Lord is important. You have to have an ear to listen to when he's talking to you. The Lord spoke to Haggai to make sure that the people heard him. He needed a voice that they would listen to and hearken to. And Haggai was the person. But in Genesis, there was no one else. Just him and them. So what does he do? Does he call Haggai? No, he's not there. He calls right to Adam. And the Lord God called Adam and said unto him, how is, how is he reconciling this situation? How is he fixing this by making, not by saying, Adam, you're hiding from me, which is what he knew. That's, that's the word we know. That's what, we, that's what the Lord knows at this point, that Adam isn't where he's supposed to be, that Adam has sinned, and that Eve has sinned, and then it was the servant. The Lord knows that part already. So then why are we starting with a question? That's the question you have to ask yourself. If you already know the answer to the question, why are you asking a question? It's because I don't need to know the answer. I want you to know the answer. Sister Sonia has um, classes right now and she will ask questions of her children all the time. And maybe one of them may say, well, don't you know the answer? Yes, she does know the answer. The problem is that you don't know the answer. And I've got to ask you, make you answer the question in order for you to understand what's going on. So verse nine, the Lord called unto Adam, reduced the gap and said unto him, where art thou? So the very first recorded dialogue, where the Lord is saying something and we are responding to him. The very first conversation, the very first prayer, if you will, is between God and man. And in that conversation, the Lord is asking Adam a question. Where are you? Where are you right now? Can you imagine being in the middle of a fire and de deciding to not acknowledge that the fire's there? Somebody's gonna bust into the place. Don't you know the place is on fire? That's the question I need to ask you. Don't you know what's going on right now? Like, don't you, can't you see the stuff burning around you? When we come into people's life with the word of God, what we're asking them to do is to reflect. Now that we've shown them who Christ is, what are you gonna do with your life now? It's for them to look at this and form it in the form of a question and say, am I gonna turn my life around now? And so the Lord says to him, where are you? Adam's response. And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden. Thank you, Lord. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. The thing that kind of stood out to me is that I was afraid, I was naked, and I hid. I was afraid, I was naked, and I hid. Yes, the question allowed Adam to understand all the problems that were going on. He didn't have an answer, but at least now he's in a position to get help. Yes. Yes. Right? Yes, he didn't have an answer. Maybe when you're stuck in that fire and you realize, oh, gosh, I do need to get out of here. You may not find, figure out a way to escape, but at least now when, the, when somebody comes in and tries to break you out, you're not fighting them and wondering why they're in your house. Now he has an opportunity to escape, but you've got to, before you can escape, you have to realize there's something to escape. 
You have to know that there's something wrong. Haggai speaking to the people was them saying, hey, there is something, I know your own houses are fine right now, but something is wrong because the house of the Lord isn't right where it's supposed to be. So I need you to consider your ways. This opportunity for Adam in the beginning was to him to consider his ways and what does he come to the conclusion of? I'm afraid. I'm considering my ways and I'm naked. I'm considering my ways and I'm scared and I'm hiding. When we bring the word of the Lord, sometimes that's going to create this reflection moment. And people are going to realize, actually, I am not doing well. Actually, things aren't going as well as I thought they are going. And I think that the Lord is the answer to my problems. The word of the Lord isn't telling about, like we can come with prophetic words and tell people what they're doing wrong. We could do that. But unless that leads to them reflecting for themselves and saying, yes, I am a sinner. Yes, I do need help. Yes, I do need to be saved. That word is not helpful at all. The word needs to come to them so that they can reflect. It's not good me knowing what it is people are going through. They need to know what they're going through. The word of the Lord isn't for me to know everything about them. It's for them to understand what they're going through. You see that? Genesis chapter 3 verse 9. Look what he went on to say. Verse 10 actually. And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden and was afraid. Thank you, Lord. Can somebody keep reading that for me? And he said, Yes. I heard thy voice in the garden. Yep. Verse 10. And I was afraid. Yep. Because I was naked and I hid myself. Next one. And he said, Who told thee? that thou was naked. So the next part of the dialogue is another question. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, you're naked, but who told you that? Yes. Keep going. Has thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? So now there's a connection between what you've done wrong okay. yes, sir. Yes, sir. and what has happened, and the Lord through questionings yes, has made them realize what's going on. Yes, sir. And I'm wondering sometimes if that's what needs to happen with us. We need to go through something so that we can question ourselves and realize what the problems are with our relationship. Like we're disconnected now and I'm like, well, what did go wrong? How can I correct this? Did I cause some of this? Yes, I did. That reflection moment is an opportunity to fix it. Let's keep going. Verse 12, and the man said, "Yeah, the woman whom thou gavest to me, she gave me of the tree and I did eat. <laughs> so now he's looking to make sure that the blame gets shared around. Let's keep going. Verse 13, and the Lord God said unto the woman, what is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, the serpent beguiled me. So the first conversation with the woman is also a question, what have you done? What have you done? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And then she's looking to disconnect it from it and, and says what? The, and the woman said, the serpent beguiled me yeah. and I did eat. And the Lord God, verse 14, said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and every beast of the field, and upon thy belly shall thou go, and dust shall thou eat all the days of thy life. So now we see this situation where reflecting on the question of what is going on. I, when I, so when I said last week that, man, this is unusual. The question came in a form, the, the, the word came in the form of question. This isn't unusual. The first full conversation with man and woman was in the form of a question. 
So then I started looking at other scriptures. Well, where does this else does this show up? Okay, so let's start with Haggai chapter 1, verses 5 and 7. That's where we first started the scripture. Haggai chapter 1, verse 5 says, Now, yeah. therefore, saith the Lord of hosts, consider thy ways. Okay, keep reading down to verse 7, mm -hmm. please. Ye have sown much and bring in little. Yeah. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. Ye, ye clothe you, but there is none warm, and he that earneth wages earneth wages to put it into bag with holes. You're saying all these problems, yes, and you haven't for a moment reflected on the why of the problem. Yes, you haven't for a moment said to yourself, why is it going this way? Why am I earning money, and I put it in a bag with a hole, and you've said, never said to yourself, well, maybe I should either tie a knot in the bottom of the hole, or figure out why I'm ignoring the fact that this money is spread out on the ground and I've not realized it. Why haven't I thought about this? The word of the Lord is designed to disrupt you in your situation and make you look at things a little bit differently. I want you to look at this situation from another angle, because the angle you're looking at it right now, you seem to think that the, what you're going through is normal. And it's not. Verse 7. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider thy ways. Look at verse 5 and verse 7 by side by side. I need you to understand that the Lord is being very serious and he's repeating himself. That's one thing I don't like to do is repeat myself. Why am I saying this twice to you? And he's saying it twice to these people because he needs them to get it up in their head. This is what the Lord is saying. Consider your ways. Let's, let's go to another scripture. Psalms 119 and 59. Psalms 119. Psalms 119 and 59. Psalms 119 verses 59. I yes. thought on my ways yes. and turned my feet unto thy testimony. I thought about what I was doing. I reflected on what I was doing and I started to reset where I need to be going. Like, this is the person who's been driving in, maybe they're driving in a particular direction. Wait a minute, am I not supposed to be in Baltimore already? And why am I seeing signs for New York? What's going on? I started to look at what was actually going on around me. It's like uh, when you have your navigation system. And it says, make a U-turn at the nearest opportunity. It's trying to call out that you're going in the wrong direction. Take a left here. And the next one says, take a left here. Okay, well, take a right here. And it's saying to you over and over again, you need to change direction. And in, unless you're willing to ignore that voice that keeps saying to you over and over again, you need to turn, you need to turn, you need to turn. That's what the question's designed to do for you. That's what the word is designed to do for you. Am I going in the right, wrong direction? I don't know if you've ever said the wrong thing to the wrong person at the wrong time. And then later on you said, you know what, I didn't handle that well. I was all in my emotions at that moment and I couldn't do anything about it. But now I realized on reflection and with just a few minutes between me and the situation, I, I went too far. I said too much. I said the wrong thing. Yes, sir. That's what the word is designing for you. Yes, is to get you in this situation where you realize that Lord actually did say the wrong thing there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let me turn my feet to a better way. Yes, Let me show you a few more scriptures then I'm going to take my seat. Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 40. Lamentations 3 and verse 40. 
Yes. Thank you, Lord. Lamentations 3 and 40, yes, sir. Let us search Let us and try our ways. Let us search and try our ways. And turn again to the Lord. And turn again to the Lord. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This is you thinking about it. This isn't an outside idea. This is you looking at what is in front of you and with you right now. Search it. Examine it. Another way to think about this is to examine to turn it over, look at it from different angles. <laughs> look at this problem in a different and a new way. And that's what sometimes problems do for us. You, I mean, we don't want the problem, but now that it's here, you may as well take advantage of it. Because now I'm looking at what I had, I'm trying to say, well, okay, well, I'm going through this right now and I have to look at it, figure out a way to go over it. And I'm gonna look at every kind of way and angle to get over, out of that thing. And the Lord is saying, now is the perfect opportunity for you to reflect and see, is this really what you want for yourself? Haggai spoke to them and says, do you really want a purse with holes in it? <laughs> do you is that how you really want to live? And we can correct it if you, if you want it. Let us search and try our ways and do what? Turn again to the Lord. Navigation again. Yeah, let's, let's look at what road we're on right now, whether we're going north or south. Oh, it's south, let me turn around and go north. That's exactly what this is saying. Let's go to another scripture, Job 13 and 23. I'm just going to give you a few more, and then I'm going to land somewhere. I hope you'll give me a chance to do this. Job 13 and 23. How many... Are my iniquities and sins. I've been through a lot and I've done a lot. Job's saying, I I've just done it. Yes, How many are they? He say you, you probably couldn't count it, to be honest. Yes, but what is he then going to say? Make me to know my transgressions and my sin. Let me see it. Let me reflect on it. Let me realize what they are. I can't, unless I've been asked the question, unless life makes me ask the question, I don't get to see it. I don't know if you've ever seen somebody who hasn't looked in a mirror for the day. And their hair, or is doing whatever their hair is doing. And like, you didn't... Wait, hold a second. Do you not look in the mirror before you came out? Now when you get a chance to reflect on what it is, you say, oh gosh, I didn't even realize that was even my, in my hair. I didn't even know, thanks so much. But I reflected on it. I looked at it for myself. I said, oh okay, that makes sense, let me correct that. That's what the word of the Lord's trying to do for us. Make us consider things, make us think over things. The way we thought about it before was one way, but now that we reflected and saw, saw the impact, we say, ah, I want to do this a little bit differently now. We're in Job right now? Yes, sir. Just read that one more time for me, sir. Job chapter 13. And 23, yes, sir. 23. How many are my iniquities and sins? Make me to know my transgression and my sin. Okay, one more, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to another scripture to land that. So this is the, the, the last but one. Ezekiel 18, 27 through 28. We see this constant refrain of reflecting on what we have. You have enough to do the right thing is what I'm trying to tell you. Ezekiel 18? Yes, 27 through 28. Again, yep. when the wicked man turneth away from his wickedness, that he has committed 
and doeth that which is lawful and right, yeah. he, but he shall save his soul alive. Yes. Because he considereth and turn away from all the transgression that he has committed. He shall surely live and not die. Look at the last verse again. <laughs> verse 28. Could you read that for me one more time? Because he considereth and turneth away from all his transgression that he has committed, he shall surely live and shall not die. I want you to look like reflection and repentance does. Verse 27 says this is a wicked man. This isn't a good human being. This is not a decent person. This isn't a person we would either like to hang around with or be. This is person is a wicked person, evil. As close as you can imagine to evil. But verse 28 turns him from being a wicked person. Yeah? He says, because he what? Considereth and turneth away. He's like thinking about, I need you all to have a bit more compassion with your thinking. I need you to have a bit more thought towards what we are doing yes. and how other people are being impacted by it and that how we can turn away from it once we are going through it. Yes, sir. All right. Yes, 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 sir. Yes, sir. And what's going to happen then is that he shall live. That wicked person should have died. But the scripture saying is if you can do this, you can live and not die. I've been leading all the way to this last scripture. And thank you for being so patient with me. But I need you now to be in Luke chapter 15, 17 through 24. And this is really what I mean about going through something. Storms are sometimes there essential for us to realize where we are supposed to be in our relationship with God. Luke chapter, um, Luke chapter 15, 17 through 24. Yes, and when he came to himself, <laughs> he said, yes. how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go, thank you Jesus, to my fathers and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy yes. to be called thy son. Make me one as I hire servants. Okay, this is, this, this is the part of this, yes, we know the story very well, so I'm not gonna get back into that. But we know how he got here. Yes, sir. All right, yes. And how he got here was a terrible fall from privilege, wealth, um, standard of living, all the way to the worst place on the planet, where he's literally stealing food from pigs in order to sustain himself. This is a man who had servants living and working for him. This is a man who had this much wealth that he was, he was the driver of an economy that hired other people that looked after their own families with the money that this, his family was creating. That's where he started. And where he is in the story is, he's basically stealing, he's working for somebody who owns pigs and he's stealing the food that the pig should eat for himself. And in verse 17, it says what? And when he came to himself, he's reflecting wow. on yes, where he is. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Like you, you thought as soon as he lost all his money, he knew what was going on. No. You thought as soon as he lost his fancy clothes, he knew what was going on. No. You thought that when he was far away from home, he knew what was going on. No, it was only when he started to eat pig food. He literally knew at that moment. And you're saying, how does that person not realize what they're going through? And I'm telling you, this son doesn't realize what he's going through. He doesn't realize how bad he's got it. And he doesn't realize how good he can have it until verse 17. He says, 
He came to himself. Look what happens when he came to himself. And he said, Yes. How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare and I perish with You mean the people who my father hires? Yes, the people who would answer to me have more bread, have spare bread exactly. for me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They have bread to feed me, yes, the people who I've hired. Can you see that? How did you how did you wait for pig food to realize that? Yeah. But that's what happens to us. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We don't reflect, we don't realize, we don't understand what's going on with yes. us. Yes. And we end up eating pig food instead of sitting in a table of blessings. Yes, sir. Oh, wow. yes, sir. Reflection is important, saints. Yes, so what does he do with his reflection? He doesn't move. He's still sitting there considering eating pig food. But listen what happens. Verse 18, and I will arise. That means he hasn't even got up yet. Yes, sir. I will arise. Yes, he hasn't even moved. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Come on, preacher. Yes, sir. But keep going. And I will arise and go to my father. Yeah. And will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. Do you know what this moment is? You remember when in the Haggai I just read? And he says, now be strong. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's what's happening right here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The now be strong of Haggai yes. is happening to, the, <laughs> to this prodigal son right here. He hasn't moved. <laughs> He's saying, I will arise. Haggai is told to the people, look at what's happened. Look at where you came from. And look at where we are now. Now be strong. Be strong. Yes, sir. The prodigal son is sitting there in the yeah. middle of eating food yes, yes, and hasn't got up and hasn't moved. Yes, and the realize the spirit has come into him. Now be strong. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hasn't moved an inch. Yes, sir. But he's gone from being weak yes. to strong. Keep reading. Yes, Verse 19. And I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as thy higher servant. <laughs> Make me at least have spare bread. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I need nothing else. Just spare bread. Yes, sir. Keep going. And he arose. So now, after that consideration, yes, now he arose. Yes, but he's not weak when he's yes, arose. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He's strong when he arose. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Some of y'all are waiting to get out of the problem. He's still hungry yes, sir. Yes, sir. when he arises. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He's still hungry enough to eat pig food when he arises, yes, but now he's strong. The situation didn't change, but he's strong. Something changed, something happened when you reflect on what the word of the Lord is to you. Something changes immediately. You don't have to have a change in the circumstance. You don't have to have your bank account being big to say, I am now strong, but yesterday I was weak. This is what the Lord can do for us if we reflect on his word. Amen, amen. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of the word in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen.